The Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, bringing you the best GPS mapping software directly to your smartphone or desktop. Onyx offers you the ability to see property boundaries, mark waypoints, track your location, and so much more. Visit onyxmaps.com or you can download it directly from your app store today. Save 20% off of your purchase by using the code NATION20 at checkout. That's capital N NATION followed by the number 20. Hello and welcome to episode 83 of the Ohio Huntsman podcast and today this this episode was a fun one. So it's a it's a property and habitat management type episode. So you've heard us talk on previous episodes about Jake's new piece of property. So if you're unaware, Jake bought a new piece of property and we haven't really gone through in-depth what that is, how big it is, how it lays out. So we thought it would be good to talk through that as a one, just to bring you all up to speed with with what it is, because you're going to continue to hear about it in you know in upcoming episodes. And two, as just a a conversation starter, or or I guess a way to kind of bring you all along on the journey of owning a piece of ground and you know manipulating the habitat in ways to try to make it not only a better deer hunting property or 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 just a hunting property in general but a multi-use property right because he plans to use this for just recreating with his family so thought it would be interesting so that's what we talk about today we're going to get into that in just a second but want to stop and talk about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. So, obviously, it's not deer season right now, so most people probably aren't thinking about deer sense, but deer sense are a good way to get deer in front of your cameras as you start to monitor antler growth. Right? We all like watching those antlers grow, and so Mastin's is a great way to get them. You know, you can set up a scent wick or something in front of your camera and monitor antler growth check in on fawn development right because deer are social they're going to come check out this smell so if that's something you're interested in you can check out their website www.mastinsdeersense.com or go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors and there's a link there that'll take you right to their website you order right from their website prices are really good and then they ship it right to your house so now Let's get into the conversation with Jake and I. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right, so today it's just Jake and I, and uh, we're going to talk property. As you guys have heard us talk in the past, uh, Jacob is a is the proud new owner of a piece of property, and so we've mentioned it here and there. We've you know we've mentioned it in passing, but we haven't really gone through what it is, how much you know. So that's kind of the plans for today because you're going to continue to hear us talk about it. 
So what is it? What are his plans for it? Um, that kind of thing. What kind of habitat? That sort of thing. Before we get into that, um, I guess an update from me. If you guys saw on our Instagram stories, uh, I am uh, about to be the proud new owner of a couple chickens. We're, we're diving into the, the chicken world. So we're, we're looking at uh, egg chickens, not meat chickens. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to give it a go. We've never had chickens before, but there's uh, <coughs> my daughter is very interested in chickens because there's a house around the corner from her her nana's house, or you know my mother-in-law's house that has chickens, and she goes up there and feeds the chickens, and so she's very excited about chickens. So we're gonna get chickens. So if anybody has any say, advice, go ahead. I was just gonna say I didn't. I found out about you getting chickens when so did the rest of the world. I feel kind of left out. I didn't know that was a thing happening. Yeah. So it's, we've been talking about it for a while and it's, you know, it's getting into spring chick ordering season. So we, we kind of made it official. We, we, we placed the order for, so we're getting the chicks from a local hatchery. So we placed the order last night and, uh, we're going to go pick them up on the 16th and yeah. So there'll be, you know, brand new baby chicks at that point. And I got to get a cool. coop built. I don't have a coop built yet. So, but I think I got a couple weeks, like from the time you, you pick them up, I think you got, you know, I don't know, six weeks or something before they're really ready to be outside in the coop. And right, you know, right. hopefully by then the weather will be, warm enough I, I'm assuming that's why you know they you start seeing the baby chicks at Tractor Supply and Rural King and that kind of thing this time of year so so yeah it's all new for us uh, you know I think it'll be interesting we told because uh, from what we've we know a few people that have chickens and you know egg chickens and you know they said you know you get a, a couple years of uh, eggs out of them and then at that point, they're just chickens, you know, they're past their, their egg laying phase and, and they're just chickens. And so they, you know, people have warned us like, you, you know, plan on doing something with them unless you're just going to collect chickens. And so we told Ella that she can pick one that's going to be like her pet that gets the presidential pardon. Um, aside from that, though, we're going to, you know, once they're done laying eggs, we're going to butcher them and you know get a fresh set or something so if if <laughs> that's a couple years down the road so if we're still interested and you know so we'll see that's our our latest adventure i guess is diving this will show how much i don't know about chickens but i mean you can eat an egg laying chicken right like when yeah and they're the, past their prime you can still eat them yeah, the, from and so I'm no expert on this, but my understanding is like the meat chickens just are, you know, they've they've been bred to they just get bigger faster. They get okay. I think they they ultimately get bigger, like they're, you know, they're just a bigger chicken, they're a meatier chicken. And just over, you know, 
like any farm animal dogs right dogs have been bred to do certain things i think you know they've just bred chickens to do certain things and so meat chickens are um they just get bigger faster and i think they probably have different dietary needs uh, i'm not sure on that but the the one actually if you guys have heard me talk you, you know I, I have a we sort of have a friend that owns some property that lets me hunt out there she has chickens and uh so she's kind of been been helping us through this and she has both egg chickens and meat chickens and she kind of warned us like you know meat chickens are great and all she said but she lets her egg chickens roam the yard and they're you know they they lay eggs and they and they eat the eggs but they're sort of pets if you will whereas like the meat chickens are very much just like they're there to grow and be butchered and she said because they're they poop a lot more i guess like she said they're kind of nasty they they keep those chickens in a um what she calls a a chicken tractor which is like an enclosure that you can move around your yard they don't free range they stay inside this enclosure but you can pull it around your yard and move them from place to place and whereas her egg her egg chickens <clears throat> are just uh you know they've got a, a a fixed chicken coop and and they go and you know open the gate and they wander around the yard and eat bugs and plants and and that sort of thing so very different i mean both chickens but from my understanding sort of different animals yeah i have a friend that has some chickens and the only thing i've seen or know from that going over their house or whatever is they sure can destroy an area wherever the coop is they've moved their coop a couple times and they uh they dig it down into the dirt pretty quick yeah that's what I've heard. When I put it out on social, I had a few people reach out and, and recommend building the coop so that you could move it, especially if you don't want it to kill the grass in the area. <coughs> we don't, uh, you know, I don't know. We don't so much care, so I think we'll probably just put it in one place and leave it in one place, but we'll see. I don't know. Because our plan is to sort of free range them, let them run, you know, and not every day, I don't think, because I don't know, we'll have to see, like, if we're not home, can we just open the door and let them wander around or, you know, well, we... you're going to have to make sure you keep your hawk population at bay because they'll oh, I got, snag them. Yeah. I got no way of controlling the hawk population though. Right. So that's what I mean. You might be. That's the one, my, our friend we have, that's the ones they've lost have been to hawks. Okay. So if you have hawks around, Which I wouldn't I don't be think you can even get too much. I don't think you can even get like a, I don't know, I'll have to say, I don't, I don't think you can even get like a nuisance removal for hawks or anything like that. I, I don't know, I have to look, because I listened to a... What makes me say that is I listened to a, I think it was a Planet Money podcast where a guy had a chicken farm and the eagles, this was I think in a western state, he had a, like a full on chicken farm 
and the Eagles were just, you know, basically putting him out of business. Like they were, you know, eating him faster than he could breed him, and and he had tried everything, you know, nets and this and that, and I think ultimately he's he's sort of transitioned his business a, a little bit into eagle um viewing like you know people come out and pay to watch to see the eagles versus the eagles drill his chickens <laughs> basically yeah <laughs> I, yeah if i were if i'm this was a probably a, a year or two ago if i'm remembering the episode correctly but yeah he sort of had no. to change his business model because right. the eagles were yeah. eating all his chickens come out here and watch these eagles smash these chickens yeah so, what well, if eagles are a concern? You got those bald eagles nesting not too far from your house. Yeah, although we never be feeding them. I mean, they're not more than I don't know two miles down the road, probably. But we never see them at our house. I, I don't yeah. think they're. I, think I don't think, think we're go, on. I think like they their go straight path. to the lake and straight back. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. They were in the know. nest the other day when we left your house. At least one was. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't think they venture over our way. Maybe they will once we have tasty chickens. Right. But we'll That'll see. be, they'll adjust, they'll adjust their flight path just for you. Yeah. The other thing I've heard people, like, everybody talks about coons. Like, you got to watch out for the coons. If the, if the mesh you use is too big, the coons will reach through the mesh and grab your chickens and, like, just crazy stuff, so... Coons apparently do well, it right now on chickens. I mean, uh, you're planning on giving them a legitimate, I mean, I'm assuming, I don't know, you're giving them like a structured coop, though, that they're going to be able to lay eggs in and go up into? Yeah, the coop, yeah, it's going to be a wooden I mean, they're not going to be stuck on the ground, right? If there's a place for them to go in, I don't think the coons will cause any problems. Well, I think, like, if you had any kind of openings, was the impression, again, this was, you know, somebody online was telling me through messenger but you know i think if like the openings if you have any openings in your coop that are covered in mesh if you use a mesh that is a big enough spacing wire spacing to where a coon can get its paw in there like at night your chicken's in there sleeping and the coon reaches Uh, in and you know chokes the chicken (laughs) (laughs) we need one of those boom yeah yeah add the sound effect there yeah right so, yeah, if anybody has any advice on chickens, I'm uh, I'm accepting all chicken rearing advice, and uh, yeah, keep you posted on that. So now, I guess along, uh, you know, transitioning into a different type of thing you do on your property is you've got this piece of property. So what I was kind of, because I've, we we drove in there the one time, but I've not walked the property. I don't really know what it looks like, so I think it'll be a good sort of, I can ask the questions to make sure it makes sense in an audio format. And yeah, I think we talk about property, what it looks like, what, you know, what the habitat is currently, what, if any plans you have for habitat changes and you know, I guess your ultimate goals for it, and we'll see where the conversation goes. Sounds good. All right. So, 
basically this started it hadn't it's not even been a you haven't even owned it for a year right it's no it hasn't quite been a year no we closed on it eh, maybe a month before deer season somewhere in that fall park so end of july august somewhere in there and you didn't buy it as a like you weren't looking for a piece of hunting property you were actually looking for a piece of property to build yeah house on yeah the plan correct yeah the plan is to build our house on it and um i my wife told me that we're only doing this once we're only building one house so like it has to be something we're happy with forever so at that point i said well i need at least 10 acres of land then (laughs) um and then we found this it's 14 acres um and we're gonna build on it in a few years so lucky for me i get to use it basically solely as my recreational property for a couple years and i think that's an interesting point to make like you guys weren't really planning on buying when you did but you just you know you, you had a realtor and you said hey can you put a search together and you know this sort of fell in your lap if you will it's close to your you know it's where you want to be it's close to your existing house so i think if if people are in are thinking about it 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 might be worth you know if you're if you're in that boat where you're thinking about yeah maybe here in a couple years you know uh, we could think about you know it might be worth you know contacting a realtor and and reaching out now if you're not if you don't have the finances don't do that because you can guarantee Somebody, you know, something's going to pop up and then you're going to be like scrambling right. to figure it out. But want to pause the conversation real quick to talk about your outdoor deals. So, your outdoor deals is a separate Facebook page that we created to post any kind of good deals that we are finding on hunting and outdoor gear, camping gear, hunting gear, calls, apparel, that kind of stuff. We didn't want to clog up our main Ohio Huntsman feed with deals posts. You know, we want to keep that sort of true to Ohio Huntsman content, news and conservation stuff. But we wanted a way to be able to share some of these deals that we're finding with you all, the audience. So if you're interested in deals content like that and, and, and you know, sort of getting deals posts in your news feed, check out your outdoor deals on Facebook follow the page and you can be notified when we post any of these deals that we're finding and hopefully it'll save you all some money on gear so with that let's get back into the conversation but yeah i was i mean i didn't i have no history with realtors or what they can and can't do but um they have some pretty cool software where basically you can tell them exactly what you want You know, you want at least 10 acres, you want this area, you want whatever, you know, undeveloped, developed, and they can plug all this in and it will spit out all the properties that meet your criteria. And then you can, you know, they email them to you and you can just scroll right through them and say, all right, here's this property that's five acres, this property's 15 acres, you can compare price per acre and kind of location and it kind of did all that legwork for you in a sense. Um, and, and I mean, I don't know how all realtors work, but the realtor we used, I mean, they 
for free. I didn't pay them anything to prepare. They make their money when they make a sale. Yeah. You know, they don't charge for the pre-work, so to speak. They're relying on the fact that they're going to find you something, make a sale, and make a commission. Yeah. So, that's how you ended up with this piece of property. So, I guess... Correct. Let's start with... You said it was it's 14 acres, right? Yeah, 14 acres. So, let's start with, like, how it's laid out. What's the shape of the... Because it's got a little bit of a unique shape, right? Yeah, yeah. And ever since we decided we were going to talk about this this week, I... I've been trying to think about how to explain the shape. Um, it's essentially like 10 or 11 acres. of. It's not quite a square, but almost more what you would think of a traditional property, kind of squared, rectangled. And then it has a three-acre, what I affectionately call the landing strip. Um, it is basically like a three-acre strip that's off of an ag field that I think used to be part of the ag field. Um, so it's long and narrow, like a three acre thing that shoots off the end of the, like the back of the property. It so, so left the main, the main property is, would you call it rectangular or is it more square? Uh, I would call it rectangular. Well, it's pretty close to a square. Um, All right, so <laughs> let's let's do this. The map. I'd I'd call it a square, but it's not. You know, That's it fine. used to be a seventeen-acre original property, and then there's been a couple little two-acre pieces chunked off of it before I took ownership of it. That's fine. So let's call it a square. The road is on which side? The north side, south side, east, west? Which? You've only got if road frontage on one side, right? Correct. Yeah. If you're orienting the property to your standard north, south, east, west, the road runs north and south on the east side of the property. Okay. Sure about that? The road is on the east side of my property, yes, and it runs north and south. Okay. Okay. Then I'm thinking of it backwards. All right. So... The road is on the east side. All right. So, and it's, all right. So I'm picturing so my this. property. Got a, yeah. If you're looking at a map, you've got a vertical is, road, if you will, running north and south. The, the property yes. is to the left of the road. Yes. No. Yes, yes. 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 The property is west of the road. The road is east of the property. Yes. Now that we've thoroughly confused everyone. <laughs> the the yes. landing strip then runs north south also? Yes, it runs parallel to the road, but it is probably about oh uh, let me see here. If I had to guess it is two hundred yards off the road, I guess, because like I said it you know, so it runs north south, but it's not along the road. Oh, and it's not so the back. My property. It's not the back edge of your property. It's the back edge of my property, but it runs. So essentially, my rectangle. Imagine that being the northernmost part of my property, or my square. 
and then the three acres runs off the southwest corner of my property straight down behind five or six other little acre properties that have houses on them okay or two acre properties we'll call them it depends they're different sizes but all right so it the the landing strip runs south basically it shoots off south south from my property yes yeah off of the southwest corner yes okay all right so we've got a square with a uh a landing strip a long strip that that comes off the back yeah essentially my property if you're looking at it north south looks like a p as in paul oh okay that's a good way that's a good way that that makes it squares at the top and then the stick goes down that's basically i mean i'm making some assumptions and rounding some edges but that's essential no that yeah that helps all right so now i've got a picture in my head and uh so this place has an old barn on it and some mode well i guess you describe the property then what what kind of like habitat tree cover field what what are you working with here uh okay the landing strip like i said is field essentially or what used to be field and the previous owner has continued to mow that they brush hog it if i had to guess they probably are brush hogging it once or twice a year so it's not like old field waist high grass i mean it's knee high at the highest um down there cutting hay on it or or just i don't know what they used to i don't know i don't know when i bought the property it was just a brush hogged field i don't know you know if i look at the satellite imagery some of the depending on where you get your image from some of it looks like there was like row crop in there at one point corn Okay. Uh, um, I don't, you know, walking it, there's no residual corn stalks or anything sticking up. So I, it's pretty much all grass, okay. whether it's, you know, but it's been brush hogged to kind of keep, keep it a field essentially. Um, in the top square or rectangle, like you said, there's a barn by the road. Um, and there's a clearing around there. There used to be an old farmhouse. It burnt down a number of years ago. Um, but that's kind of cleared and that's where we're probably going to build our house when we build on it in a few years would be up closer to the road by the barn kind of, um, there's a, if you go straight back from the barn, there's like another almost right smack dab in the middle of my property. There's like a little half acre cleared area uh, where the previous owners, one of the previous owners, looks like they tried to start like a vineyard. They have some vines basically growing. When we bought the property, there was grapes on them. You could pick them off and eat them. Um, it's not like a established vineyard by any means. It's pretty overgrown, and but there are some grape 
bushes, I guess, is what a grape grows on a bush. Plant, grape I don't know. I th- grape vines, vines, I think, right? And th- vines, they're on yeah. like a, what do you call it, like a trellis or something? Basically posts with wires running between them for the vines to vine out on. Yes. Yes, that's exactly what it is. There's two sets of posts that have a metal, couple metal wires that they run between them and most of it is no vines. There's spots where there's active vines that had grapes last fall, end of summer, I guess. Um, and then the rest is wooded. Um, just your standard. I don't know exactly the right. I'm not a forester, but it's not like mature growth where it's closed canopy, open understory. I mean, it's good deer habitat where you it's thick it's kind of brushy nasty where the deer want to be so um, that's the rest of, basically the rest of the property is that kind of thick timber high stem kind of yeah yeah for the most part um there is a gas line that runs kind of diagonal through it that's mowed obviously it's a mowed gas line um but yeah, for the most part, the rest of it is, yeah, that high stem count kind of thick timber with, uh, there are some mowed paths through it that the previous landowner, uh, was basically, he would just, he likes to mow grass. So <laughs> he would mow the cleared areas. And then he also would mow paths through the woods that he has established kind of, um, I'm not going to say that they're grassy paths. They're definitely just like a normal path through the woods, but they are mm-hmm. maintained in the sense that there's nothing on the path. You know, okay. So, units. so trees, you know, you said high stand. Are there trees big enough to hang a stand in or they're not that big? Yeah, there's some. Um, I'm not going to say that they're everywhere. Um, but so there's, it might might be a little bit of a limiting factor for you is finding a tree that you can actually put a stand in because there's not a ton of like big trees. Yeah, especially in my case, I use a climber. Um, so it's not only got to be big enough, but it's got to be straight. <laughs> right. Um, that is a limiting. There's not a ton of trees you can climb. Um, ladder stands, those type of things would probably work a lot better because there's trees is big enough to put a stand up or up in but they're not everywhere and you know even with a hanging set unless you go with these like ultra light where you can you know the separate sets of steps that you can kind of move and rotate around the tree but your traditional like hang on stand and then a ladder that you should, you know one piece ladder or something that you strap to the tree doesn't necessarily work very well Okay. So I think the question everybody wants to know is what are the plans with the grapevines? Are we going to have Ohio Huntsman wine here soon or what's the plan there? Uh, not at all. Um, <laughs> I don't have any plan. Um, I don't know. I had nothing at this point. They're just going to do what they do. I haven't even looked into what you do with grapevines like how to grow grapes like i said they had grapes on them last year um but i don't know i don't even know what kind of grapes they are to be honest with you 
So that like so, cleared area, are you going to continue to mow that or what do you, I guess maybe that we can sort of, now that we have a general layout of what it looks like, you've got a little bit of a cleared area in the middle surrounded by a high stem count, brushy woods, and then a brush hog landing strip that is the long stem of the pea. Right. What are your sort uh, yes. of overall plans or do you have overall plans yet? I have some, not like overall global. They're just kind of Maybe big picture stuff. Dreams, I plan yeah. on keeping the, yeah, I plan on keeping the mode areas mode at least temporarily. Okay. Um, they, you know, I might let them grow up a little bit more than, you know, like cut to the ground grass, but I plan on keeping them not growing up into trees type thing. Um, that's just how it worked for me last year and make a good spot to put up ground blinds. Um, you know, I put a ground blind up, a couple ground blinds. That's primarily what I hunted out of out there last year just because I didn't have a ton of time to get in and do lots of prep work, cutting, you know, shooting lanes and all that. It was pretty close to season by the time I had full access to the property. Um, I plan on keeping those relatively maintained. Um, it's not like I'm going to mow them, you know, every week, like I do the rest of the grass or whatever, but I plan on keeping them a little shorter just for a little bit more, create a little bit of edge kind of thing. So have you thought about, cause it's just grass, right? Fescue or whatever kind of grass is in there, right? Mm -hmm. Have you thought about, um, spraying that out and like seeding over it with clover or something, make a little clover food plot. Um, uh, I just thought about it now when you brought it up. Uh, <laughs> no, I haven't really thought about it. Um, I don't, not that that's a bad idea, but, uh, this property doesn't have a problem with holding mouths or deer. I need to find a way to get more bucks to use the property. Uh, they currently come through during the rut because my property holds a lot of does. Um, but I don't have a ton of bucks. I say that a little bit tongue in cheek because I did just pull a camera today and I had a pretty nice buck on it. Still holding both antlers. Um, on March 3rd. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure when this is going to release. But yeah, March 3rd is when I looked at the picture. The picture was taken. The camera, the um, date was off by a few days. But it was, I think it was taken on either the 29th or the 1st of March. Mm -hmm. um, and it had both sides. And it was, I mean, it's not a, I posted it on the Instagram stories. But um, by the time this releases, that'll be long gone. But um it's by no means like a 180 inch, you know, I don't have deer that big on this property at this point. Um, yeah. but it's definitely respectable for the area. It's going to be a nice deer next year. Yeah. Okay. I was just thinking like that little, if you could, cause I think clover seeds relatively cheap and maybe you don't do it all. Maybe you do it in stages. Right. Cause we're, I mean, all of this is time and money. Right. So, Right. That's yeah. Yeah. Like one thing I'm thinking I about think so. is, I mean, you know what my 
back. Most of my yard, I've got two and a half acres. Most of my yard is mowed yard. We have like a half acre section in the very back that is unmowed with a little, we do have a little mowed path through it. But I was thinking about clearing us basically a straight path all the way back um, and kind of putting in some, like a some berms back there and basically building a little like shooting range. So I'll have different berms at different distances, right? And But when I clear that, spraying it all out and planting that in clover just as a, you know, I don't, I don't know that it, there's enough to hunt back there because it's like two acres of yard surrounded by yard with a half acre of, you know, overgrown area. But if anything, you know, it'd be a good place to, for me to fool around and get pictures of deer and, and whatever. So clover's pretty cheap. It's pretty easy to maintain. I think you would cut your, you know, I think you only mow clover, you know, once or twice a season, something like that. But just a thought. Yeah. I mean, it, I haven't thought about really anything in terms of that, that managing that kind of stuff. Um, right. My plans for this summer, um, since it's the first summer I'll have owned it, is basically just I want to establish the boundaries, whether that's putting a fence up or just staking them or whatever. I just want to make sure all the neighbors, especially along that landing strip, know where the property line is because they kind of cheat it a little bit. (laughs) A couple of them like mow well over the property line and have like maintained grass that they mow. Again, I'm not really using that landing strip for a ton right now, um, but I want to, I don't know if I'm going to put a fence in around it or what. I don't, haven't decided yet, but I do want to make it at least staked out. Like, Hey, this is where the line is. Cause the property was vacant quote unquote for a while i mean the previous landowner didn't live on it the farmhouse that burnt down on it was like a old you know that happened i want to say close to 10 years ago and nobody has used the property other than recreationally for hunting and stuff since Uh, um so those people that live along that strip have kind of not that it's wrong of them necessarily but they have moved property lines back a little bit with different things some of them have shooting you know berms set up that are questionably not on their property they're on mine uh there's another person who brings all their yard waste and dumps it back back across the other side of the landing strip so i have like five or six big compost piles of leaves that they've taken out of their composter on my property (laughs) that kind of stuff so nothing you know like end of the world detrimental stuff but i just want it to be like just so you know someone is keeping an eye on this stuff now and this is where the line is that kind of thing so that's a project for the summer so you're going to have it Um, surveyed or you're just going to use some one of the the mapping apps to to try to get it roughed in or what are your plans yeah i'll probably i'll I'll probably just get it roughed in for now i mean there is some existing old farm fence that 
if you look for it, you can find old posts or whatever. Um, and it w- was surveyed not too, too long uh, when the person who I purchased it off of bought it. Because what happened is this guy purchased it with an intent of building on it. And then his work moved him. Basically, his job moved. So he had to, he was moving down, I be- believe it was like Myrtle Beach area. So he, you know, his plan was to build his house of his dreams and his outdoor mecca, you know, dig a lake and do whatever. Um, it just didn't play out because of his job moving him. So then he had to sell it because he's moving. So, sure. Um, there is some, like I said, exist. So it was surveyed not too long ago and there is some posts from that survey that are still standing um and then there's some old farm fence so my plan is to use a mapping app and just kind of rough it in they're pretty close i mean i've checked them to the fence you know the existing fence and where some of the posts are from when it was surveyed and it's pretty spot on so okay that's my plan for that um just to kind of get some sort of a area especially so then i know where the line is so i can determine what kind of property improvements i want to do if it's right you know cutting trees or whatever i want to make sure i'm doing that on my property yeah so i guess speaking of trees do you know and i guess unless you're pretty good at identifying trees but you bought it sort of in the fall when the leaves were already started coming off, so you might not know. But do you have a, a an idea of what kinds of trees you have on the property? Do you have like, do you have any fruit trees? Do you have any mass tree? You know, oak trees, that kind of thing. Or what do you, what do you got? Uh, there are some oak trees. There's nothing. There's no like massive oak trees. They're mostly younger oak trees. Not that they don't produce mass crop, but um, there's no like oak flat, big old oak trees that, you know, are going to sure. be there's a huge draw for the, right. Yeah. I don't have any of that. Um, there's a, I believe it's a hickory tree that is over the one kind of open area in the middle of the property. Um, I think they're hickory nuts that are that come out of that tree but beyond that i don't know i know i got a big poison ivy problem (laughs) um so if anyone has a solution to get rid of poison ivy or maybe it's poison oak i really don't know it's a vine that grows up pretty much every tree and it looks hairy goats and if you touch it it will Go every, I mean it. Oh yeah. So, I've heard goats. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So, that may be on my short list of plans for the property is getting goats. Because <laughs> I have heard that before. If you tie, just get goats and tie them off to a tree, they'll clear out as far as they can reach. They'll eat all that stuff. Yeah. So. I think but, you can actually like rent that as a service like people will bring their goats to your place and eat all the weeds or whatever as like a it's like a natural uh instead of using chemicals and stuff you know you just have the goats come out and 
I think there's some like um, I feel like I've read that some campuses or municipalities are using it for like invasives, invasive species. They bring the goats in and, you know, like kudzu, you know, down in the south. Right. Kudzu is a, a huge problem down there and they'll bring goats in and they just eat all that stuff and clear it out. Hey, I want to talk to you all real quick about monster whitetail grub. So monster whitetail grub, they, their, their slogan is deer feed the Ohio way. And that's because they try to source everything, all of their ingredients from Ohio. So the raw ingredients that go into their product, even the packaging that they sell their product in, they try to get all of that from Ohio. So deer feed the Ohio way. We've had really good success with it. And judging by all the five-star reviews on their Facebook page, I think a lot of you all are having success with it too. So if you haven't tried it and you're interested go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors and there'll be a link there to get in touch with them and try some of their various feed products or mineral and give it a try. And with that, let's get back into the conversation. Okay, so you've got a, a, a little bit of an idea. Any So you've got some oak trees, maybe some hickory. Any fruit trees that you're aware of? Not that I'm aware of, no. Uh, well, I take that back. There is a, I don't know where it is, but when I was setting a stand up last fall, the one I did set up, there was some like apples, little apples that were on the ground, but it didn't, it was weird that they didn't look like they were poured there by someone, but I also couldn't identify what tree they came out of, okay. but I'm terrible at identifying trees. So but there was little, they weren't big apples by any means. They were, they looked like a, what a wild apple tree would probably look like. You know, they weren't a maintained, well manicured apple, like somebody picked up them and poured them there for the deer to eat. Okay. Um, so there may be some sort of a crab apple or something trees. I don't know okay. somewhere, <laughs> but I don't know exactly where it's at. I have, I'll have to look when it gets to be spring into summer and see if I can figure out where it's at. Okay. So last question I have for you, cause I know we've, we've got a, a hard stop today. So what are your after, Cause you've, <coughs> excuse me, you've, uh, you know, you hunted it this past season. And so now you've got a little bit of an idea. So what are your hunting plans for it for the coming season? And what I mean by that is, are you going to look at, you know, because you don't have a lot of big trees, are you going to look at getting into some ladder stands or just you hunting from the ground in, in ground blinds or like what, what is your strategy at this point? Um, currently my strategy is definitely ground blinds because I used them last year and had good success. Um, there's a pretty i don't want to call it a doe overpopulation necessarily but it's pretty much a doe overpopulation i got to take some does off there so the ground blinds last i mean there was times last year where if you sat in the ground blind you could get covered up in seven or eight does pretty easily um that's obviously using corn or some sort of an attractant bait they would come out in the evenings and 
at that time it was new property to me. I wasn't hunting does necessarily. I was there to see what was there. So I wanted to see if there was any big bucks or whatever. So my plan is to take some does off the property for sure. Um, ground blinds because I already have the spots set up for them from last year. So, I mean, I've taken the blinds down, but I'll just put them right back up where I had them last year. And then, uh, also there was some old stands that were built in, like built by the previous owner. At least one of them is like a wooden stand. I plan this summer to do some work to it to make it safe, (laughs) um, to hunt out of. Um, not that it's, I mean, I climbed up it, it's missing some steps and the wood, the platform is pretty rotten. So I'm going to replace the platform. All the support seems really sturdy still, but I'm going to give that a good look and replace anything that's rotten or halfway rotten, at least that make it safe. And I plan on hunting out of that. It's a pretty good centrally located stand. It's on the edge of the wooded area kind of overlooking the open field area um so because that's the other thing with this property where it's located uh, um bow hunting is no problem but when you start getting into any firearm it's pretty flat and there's not a ton of i mean it's 14 acres yes but if you're not careful you can Behind my property is some ag field, so it's not as big of a concern. But towards the front of the property, there's houses along the road. Right. So you have to at least be aware of which direction you're shooting. And the getting elevated will help that because you're shooting sure. down into the ground versus parallel with, you know, with modern firearms. Those bullets travel a long, long way. Yeah. Um, so I plan on using that stand. Uh, once I kind of repair it, get it a little, get in a little better shape. And I found two other stands that again, were left on the property. They're pretty old. One of them's a metal stand, uh, which I was covered in all these vines and stuff. I cut it all out. It's a, uh, perfect stand for if I owned the ag field that's behind my property, because it's like on the very back kind of property line looking over that ag field okay and so if i could hunt out of that ag field it'd be a perfect spot to sit i mean i could see further than i could shoot so out of that that, stand that leads me to a a follow-up question and do you know what the hunting pressure around the property is if you've got a bunch of does it seems like it's probably a little low or they're not shooting yeah They're not shooting does. Um, I think guys hunt, but they're they're not hunting to feed their families. They hunt recreationally, we'll call it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, they'll shoot a big buck if it's there, but they're not, you know, like the neighbor or my soon-to-be neighbor, um, he hunts. He's the one who helps kind of maintain and manage the property because he lives there. Um, and for that, I let him and his son hunt the property. He's buck only. Uh, just cause his family doesn't eat a ton of deer meat. His right. wife doesn't prefer to cook with it. So, you know, if he shoots him or his son shoots a, you know, a decent sized buck, that's enough deer meat for them for the year. They basically just make kind of snack snacks out of it, you know, meat sticks or jerky or whatever, sure. smokies, that kind of stuff. 
because she doesn't cook with it. His wife doesn't cook with it. So, and I think a lot of the other neighboring property owners are pretty similar to that where yes, they'll, if they got a big buck on camera, then they're going to go hunting. If they don't, then they won't, or they'll go hunt somewhere else. Okay. Um, there's a couple, and I, I think there's a couple kids that were hunting the property that I purchased before I bought it just from what the neighbors have told me. Um, and by kids, I mean like teenagers. So I, you know, I don't know what they were hunting exactly, but you hear, you know, like the neighbor that I keep in contact with that, you know, is going to be right next door to where we're going to build our house. You know, I talked to him and he knows, you know, all the neighbors more cause he lives there. Um, and he'll, you know, so if there's a big buck, it travels just like anywhere else. People are aware of what's there. You know, there's, oh, there's a big 12 point over, you know, on the other side of the field or whatever. We can see if we can, hopefully he comes over this way, whatever it is, you know, that kind of stuff. But sure. um, I wouldn't call it heavy pressure by any means. Okay. Um, but it's not like it. You know, it's not like it's all mine either. There are other people that do hunt. But the ag field behind me is, I do know that nobody hunts that. Um, there's, it's posted, do not, you know, no hunting. The guy who owns it, the farm, the guy who farms it, I think he lets one person hunt. There's another chunk of woods that's kind of, behind my property halfway across the egg field. Um, and I think there's like one guy who's allowed to go in there and hunt. Okay. So rumor has it. That's where all the big bucks are. I don't know. I can't go in there to look. So yeah. I just know I don't have much buck sign on my property and the bucks that do come through seem transient. They're not residents. Yeah. They pass through. You know, I haven't had enough time to really track and figure out when or why they pass through other than the rut. I mean, obviously that's going to bring bucks, but cause I got a bunch of does living there, but, um, it's pretty random when I get a buck that comes through. I don't, I've, I mean, not that I have super experience with a bunch of property, but I've never seen a property that. It's clearly good for deer because, you know, it's not uncommon that if I put the monster white tail grub out that I could get, I mean, nighttime pictures, but 15, 16 does in one picture. Um, but I literally get no bucks. Like there are just not bucks. Yeah. So I don't know. I got to figure out why that is. If it's, they don't have enough continuous cover or what. But yeah, hopefully I'll figure it out. Well, and I was going to say, if any, if any of you listeners have it, you know, now that we've kind of gone through the details of the property and you, you kind of know what the habitat's like and how the property's laid out, if you have any suggestions, tips, advice, let us know. I'm sure Jake would be happy to hear all of that. So any, any advice would, would be helpful. Yeah. And I, I mean, cause I, food is not, a limiting factor um there are i mean there's a big ag field right behind my property which last year was in beans um but 
a lot of the neighbors, even if they don't hunt, just from looking, a lot of the backyards have deer feeders in them. So I think a lot of people feed the deer, whether they're hunting them, whether they just like the deer to come in their backyard. That's hard to say. Okay. Um, so food is not, I mean, they have food. The deer are not hungry, which I think is why it holds so many does because there's a lot of food around. So it's a lot of miles to feed. Um, if I had to pinpoint it, I would say that it's a cover thing as to why the big bucks aren't using it. Just because the blocks of timber are, you know, they're not, I have little kids, the neighbor has little kids. It's hard to keep everybody out of the woods. You know, people want to go walk around the woods. All right. They're not, they're not, um, it's not real good security cover with nobody. Right. Stepping foot. In. Right. Right. You know, like I said, there are some trails that are through it, um, which when you have little kids, anytime in the woods, anyone who has little kids knows that everything is at their face level. So you have to stay on trails. So when I take my kids out to the property, we walk those trails, which takes me right through all that timber, basically, where the deer would be. Um, So I think that's probably the issue as to why the bucks, I don't get a ton of buck pictures, is they just don't have that security. But like Jason said, if anyone has any tips or ideas on how you can get nice bucks on multi-use property because i can't uh just not use it you know what i mean like we bought this property it's not for me to hunt on it's for my family eventually we're going to build a house on it but like my wife doesn't hunt but she likes to be outside so she's going to be walking around the neighbor's going to be walking around so yeah stay out of the woods isn't really an option Right. right. <laughs> so I mean I get I get that's not ideal for big bucks, but there are places and I, I, I know that there's big bucks, you know, I mean the parks for example, metro parks or whatever. There's people walking around those woods all the time and there's big bucks. Yeah. So it's a little bit different because those bucks aren't typically hunted, but um I don't know. So I'm not opposed to trying to like stay out of certain sections, but the idea of just stay out of the woods until November, whatever, it's not realistic. Not an option. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to, to turn it off. So like I said, let us know your, your, if you have any tips or advice and, uh, you'll be the reason we wanted to do this is, you know, we've talked a little bit about it and we're going to, continue to talk about it you know in our content so we thought it would be good to kind of give you all a uh an overview of what what the property is and then we can kind of take you along on the journey of you know hunting it doing some some property management habitat improvement things so that's what this is going to be if uh anybody has any ideas or suggestions for what to call it we still don't have a name for it yeah, we just call it the property. The property, yeah. So now that you, if you can use our explanation to kind of picture it, if anyone has anything they think we should call it, we're open to suggestions. <laughs> I'm going to rule out the P property 
right, a, right yeah. off the bat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, <laughs> that's probably a good idea. Yeah. All right, so that's going to do it for this week. Like I said, just kind of a fun conversation to bring you all up to speed and sort of get us all on the same page with the property because we're going to continue to refer to it in future episodes. So let us know. Like we said, we're looking for a name for the property. You know, we're just calling it the property. Let us know if uh, you come up with something clever. And the other thing I'm going to ask, I don't, I don't ask for this that often, but if you could... If you've been listening and you haven't left a review somewhere, do us a favor and leave a review on whatever app you're using to listen to the podcast or go to our Facebook page and leave a review there. Wherever wherever you can leave a review, we would appreciate it. You know, if you want to leave a review multiple places, that would be great. Leave us a review, let us know what you think, and uh, yeah, we hope to keep bringing you episodes and We'll talk to you all next week. Mm-hmm.